Welcome to the Stay Hot Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kelch. On this very first edition of the Stay Hot Podcast, we're going to dive into an event that always brings a lot of fun, excitement, and people to our area. It's the 1st of August. It's very hot. There's a chance of rain. No, I'm not talking about the Germantown Fair. I'm talking about the Maysville Dirt Bowl, or for you younger folk, the Maysville Classic. I'm going to have on a very special guest, born and raised from Maysville, Kentucky, Lamont Johnson. Lamont co-directed this event in 2007 to 2019 with his co-director, Brian Miller. We're going to discuss who started it, how it got started, why the name was changed from the Dirt Bowl to the Maysville Classic, Pat Moore, what his impact was then and what it even is today, who all has played in the Dirt Bowl from local high school all-stars to NCAA champions, current college players, former NBA stars, and what the future of the Maysville Classic is. We're also going to talk about how Lamont and Brian revived the Dirt Bowl from life support to make it the premier summer basketball tournament in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Before I bring on Lamont Johnson, who co-directed the Maysville Classic with Brian Miller from 2007 until 2019, I want to remind everybody that the Maysville Classic will take place this weekend down at the Maysville Gymnasium starting on Friday night, August 6th, and ending on Sunday, August 9th. I'd like to welcome Lamont Johnson, uh, co-director of this event with Brian Miller for about 12 years. Um, Lamont's kind enough to give us his time tonight to talk with us about the Maysville Classic and I consider Lamont an expert on this topic because he's the one who's kind of hit the ground running, been in the trenches, kind of uh, talked to the people, got the donations, and has kind of made somebody's dream and kind of turned it into a reality here. So, Lamont, thanks for coming on with me tonight. I really appreciate it. Ain't no problem, Patrick. I'd I like to thank you for uh, continuing support. You know, always seeing you in the crowd. Uh, a couple times seeing you get excited like some of the people. And plus, I also want to tell you I enjoy you watching you coach high school basketball. So I, I like, I when I did middle school basketball, I was kind of like you, up and down, exciting. But the uh, one thing I think we, we have a trademark of is giving to the players that are, that we coach at the present time or from the past. And I appreciate that. It means a lot. You know, I had somebody tell me when I was younger that they, when they watched me coach, they really felt like the players on the floor fed off my energy. So I thought, well, if I can be energetic and that helps increase their energy, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So, you know, basketball is a passion of both of ours. Um, that's partly why we're having this conversation tonight. You know, basketball is one of those things that brings people together, allows us to build relationships, allows us to um, kind of network. And you're kind of familiar with that because that's kind of what you've done to get the Dirt Bowl to this point is build those relationships. So talk about the Dirt Bowl, you know, how it got started, not only with you, but with Maysville. You know, who started this? Well, from my understanding, uh, it, it really started, like, I'm going to say maybe four deca decades ago. Uh, it started out, I think, from my understanding, maybe been at John G. Fee High School, which is located, which, which was located where the detention center is here now in Mexico County. But uh, I did find out it started with Paul King and Karen King. Uh, they was the ones that originated. They had a board uh, that did 
they did the donations uh, on that board from what I talked from different family members and everything. They each person on that board had their own duties to make this happen. Uh, one other person that they mentioned to me was uh, Gene Bluford. It was an elderly guy in Maysville, big, you know, on the uh, big activist for us, you know, kids and everybody. So he was a part of it. And what's neat about that is I know you mentioned uh, Paul and Karen King and, you know, I'm more familiar with Julius, you know, yes. um, you know, like I said, uh, Julius, uh, it's kind of neat because his mom and dad gave back to you guys as youth. And that's what Julius is doing now with this camp one. So it's kind of neat to watch how that's all come full circle. So um, that's, you know, um, it takes people like that in communities to make things like this happen. Yeah. It takes those adults to care about the youth. So, um, so after it kind of got started, went through fee high school, uh, who picked it up from there? You know, I think you mentioned, uh, uh Jack Condon. Talk about yeah. Jack and what his, uh, impact was. Jack was a, uh, I, think, I believe Jack was an alumni from St. Patrick, uh, that lived down on Walnut street here in Maysville. He, in his backyard, he turned half of it into a half, half court. And uh, there, you know, there was games. He had uh, three-on-three games. Uh, I can remember seeing uh, Jay, uh, Jay Gass, Cooney, uh, John Carpenter, Pat, uh, Chris Wilburn, uh, Mike Case that a lot of people have forgotten about. Uh, I, I do remember one time Brian, Gant, Brian Grant came over. And like I said, I was a youngster then, just going down and watching these guys play and, just hoping one day that I would get the opportunity to do this. So, like I said, the groundwork was laid with Jack with his three-on-three. And then as Pat graduated from uh, college and, and came back to Maysville, Pat took it on. And then that's when it went to the Rotary Park, back to Rotary Park, which now is, uh, I guess, a parking lot, uh, which where Paul and Karen started at. And then from there on, Pat just – networked he uh brought back guys that he knew he got a lot of help from the community so that's how it all began well and you know when you speak of pat for those out there who may not be familiar um we're talking about pat moore and you know pat moore is someone i remember hearing stories about growing up and i remember the the tragedy car accident that took pat's life and i just remember hearing people tell stories about how impactful pat was you know, how impactful he was not only to the young kids, but I did a little research and, you know, I don't even know if it's still going on today, but there was several years after Pat died that they started a scholarship in his honor and the Pat Moore scholarship would benefit kids from like Mason County, Fleming County and St. Pat. So even nine or 10 years after he had yes. passed, he was still given back to our youth. And that kind of tells you just how special Pat really was. Yes. You know, as far as the scholarship thing, I, I believe it's still going on. Uh, the way that I did did the classic was everything I brought in, I put it back out. So uh, there were several times that we did donate back to the uh, scholarship fund. But, you know, you talk about uh, Pat being an impact. You know, Pat was, I'm, I'm going to say, the reason why we had a lot of success on the high school basketball court. Because Pat at a young age, we always had an older team from Maysville, which will be uh, Jeff Chambers, Tony Jackson, Brian Miller, which is the co-director with me, uh, 
Steve Chambers. I'm trying to think who else. Jay Jones. So Leif Kirk, he would have those guys as the older team. Then he would also put us in as eighth graders, middle school kids. And he always told us this is where he learned to play on the playground. This is what you guys are going to be. So, you know, like I said, he had a big hand in a lot of it. But it goes back to, like you said, everything's coming full circle again. You know, it started with the parents, Julius's parents, and now the things that he does in Lexington. And it, it's all it's all bloodline, really, that goes on. Right. I mean, it's quite impressive, honestly. I mean, I you know, like I told you, I've always been a fan of the Maysville Classic, the Dirt Bowl. I love showing up every year to see which college guys are going to be playing. And, you know, because growing up in Augusta, um, it was, you know, something we did to see the high-level talent. I mean, it was – the best of the best. And when I did my introduction, I mentioned that the uh, Maysville Classic was the best summer basketball tournament in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And a lot of that is because of the talent that you guys assembled or the networking that you all did to get that talent. So um, when you all took over in 2007, you changed the name from the Dirt Bowl to the Maysville Classic. Talk yeah. about why you all decided to do that, because I think that's an interesting story. Well, the reason why uh, when I when I took it over uh i didn't know what to do you know i knew the history of the dirt bowl uh because of the years i've played in it and i remember going down to rotary park and you looking over there's melvin turpin from university of kentucky you know playing down here uh at the time you know george baker which is at depaul and it's just like wow you know what's going on so there was a lot of history already made and I wanted to connect all of that so you know with a classic if you look up the definition it says it's judged during that era to make something spectacular pretty much something like that so that's why I named it the major classic in order to tie the past into what the future holds and at the time I didn't know what the future held for the major classic well it's obvious that you know and I mentioned too the, you know, I think you told me when we talked on the phone that after, you know, Pat passed away, there was a couple of years there where maybe the, the dirt bowl didn't happen or it was kind of like on life support. You know, if somebody didn't pick it up and run with it, it was going to die out. Yes. And, you know, and somebody who knew the history, something, you know, somebody like you and Brian, who not only knew the history, but also knew how important it was to the young kids in that area or just basketball in general, you know, we're lucky because the Maysville and all the surrounding areas, basketball's passion. Yeah. People will turn out for the basketball game before they will for any other event. So, you know, I, go ahead. Like you just said, basketball's passion. And it's, uh, you know, the Germantown Fair, which we talked on the phone about this. And I just seen a post on uh, social media that there was like a 10 minute wait to get into Germantown Fair. And it was funny. Like you said, you was a, you was a youth. And you had to decide, do I go to the uh, Maysville Classic or do I go to Germantown Fair? So with, with you saying it to me, I was kind of thinking, okay, Germantown is going to at least get two nights or three nights of fun before the Maysville Classic takes over. And, you know, again, it is a, such a great event. I mean, it's free. There's no way you can go watch any type of high-level basketball for free. You know, only thing you got to do is deal with the heat of the gym. But if it was outside, it would be the same thing. You still have to deal with the heat. It's just, it's just part of nature. And, and I think 
you think when you talk about the Maisel Classic, the first thing I think about, and of course, you know, you being a, a historian and a basketball junkie like myself, part of that atmosphere and what makes it great is that hot gym. Yes. You know, you know, I don't think it would be the same if you took it to the field house, or I don't think it would be the same if you took it. You no, know, we're going to play some games at St. Pat. We're going to play some games at Maysville, some games at the field house. I think what makes it, you know, special and kind of ties it back to the history too is playing it down there at the downtown gym. And, you know, it is a little hot on some days, but that just makes it great to me. Yeah. But, you know, if you sit back and look at all your uh, premier men's league across the, across the, across the United States, you take the Drew League, it's played in a small gym. You take the league that's played in Atlanta, all your pro-am games are in small gyms because I think the reason is that, just my opinion, is the fans are close to these players that they watch on TV. You know, for an example, uh, we had we had two players that played in the, the basketball tournament, the basketball tournament just last week. You know, these guys are going to be – in Maysville, little small town of Maysville, in a couple of weeks, they were just competing for a million dollars. Right. Know, but- and what you just said there, and to anybody that's going to listen, if you have a young child, you need, I mean, you can watch high level basketball for free all weekend. So you have no excuse not to bring your child to where they can watch not just high level basketball, but it's good basketball. Yeah. It's not the run and gun, no defense. It's, you know, I've been there on Sunday late when squad ups going for a championship and those guys start locking in defensively, you can tell it means something to them. And it's, you know, you're not just watching what I would consider an all-star game, run up down the floor, shoot 33s, no defense. You're watching good high level basketball. You know, just like uh, this evening when I got off work, I looked at the, uh, the schedule that Jason Thompson and uh, John Rice post, you know, I'm already thinking like, what do I have to do Friday when I get off? Because there was some this this is going to be great, you know. Uh, Friday night of basketball, you know, grab you something to eat. They're going to have vendors there, you know. You can get it all. You can get your food. You can get your basketball fix. Because I think uh, this will be it until what? High school, school basketball. When it, yeah. To high school basketball. But there won't we, be any really. Won't be really any competition though until like late November when scrimmages start. So, you know, technically October 15th when teams can practice, you're still not going to be able to get that fixed. You know what I'm saying? Right. That, that competition fix. But, you know, I want to touch on something you said earlier because um, I have a little, you know, when you mentioned the Maysville downtown gym, you talked about these other pro ams and the small gyms. I've coached in that gym when the crowd and band is playing. It gets loud. You can't hear, you know, your players can't hear you. You can't even hear yourself think. And I remember on Sunday afternoons, you know, you get close to those semifinals and those finals, and you got Chris Lofton playing with Wesley Jones and Micah Turner and those guys. And you get, I mean, you get crowds in there. When they all start cheering, I mean, you feel like you're at a a top-notch event because it's loud in there. The atmosphere is great. So I know exactly what you're saying in the small gyms. That's why I'm telling you. There's not a better place in Maysville to host the Maysville Classic than that gymnasium. You know, like you said, it went from being outside to inside. And I have several people to thank for that. You know, first of all, uh, Mason County school system has been awesome. They, they have, uh, you know, they gave me guidelines. I met those guidelines. You know, they marked that off on their calendars. You know, they hold off waxing the gym floor so we can have this event. You know, then 
Brian and I took it over at a great time because it was the time Chris was doing his thing and, you know, being Mr. Basketball and then Darius come right behind. But a lot of people, and, and I told him I was going to do this, a lot of people don't understand how much Terrence Commodore helped. And that's what I was going to talk about next. And I'll let you kind of go into there is, you know, talk about that networking, talk about who you talked to and how they helped you not only help you, you know, continue the Maysville classic, but how they helped you network and connect to bring these players in here. You know, it's just like, like I said, you take, you take, uh, take Terrence Commodore, you take Sean Meyer, uh, you take Timmy Meyer, which was all my former uh, teammates, uh, especially Ron Bailey. You know, these guys put me in the right, point me in the right direction. They told me who to call, explain what I was doing. And it went from there, you know, like with uh, Ron Bailey, he was able to connect me with people from the past. What I mean, the past is like uh, teams out of West Virginia that always came when Pat did it. I think it was, they was a team of lawyers, but made, I don't think none of those guys played, but they had, like brothers, and they told them, hey, come on down. Then you have uh, Terrence Commodore, which is, you know, part of Camp One, which the family I'm part of, uh, had the connections in Lexington. You know, so he pointed me in the right direction due to the, the friendship he has up up in that area. That's how we came connected with Shelvin Mack and, and everybody. And then towards Cincinnati, it was Timmy Mark. You know, Timmy is now does some refereeing on the side, and that's how I was introduced to James Pouncey and Mike Stokes, which basically took over bringing in the referees for me. So it was not just Brian and myself alone. It was a network. It was a family thing, a family event, which it got got to be. So, you know, I don't want everybody to think that. Give kudos to me, but there's a lot of people that did a lot of work. And it's, I mean, it's great that you say that because I don't think, and even myself, um, I didn't realize who all was involved. You know, when I'm thinking co-directors of the event, I'm thinking, okay, that's Lamont and Brian. They're doing all this. Then I remember thinking, how are they doing all this? I know myself just trying to be somewhat active in leagues, how hard it is to try to do everything. But, you know, with the networks and the relationships and the connections you've made, I didn't realize how many people were involved just to make those three days a success. Yes. And then, like you said, it, it, there was so much involvement. And I think, again, after making an initial uh, contact with those people through the connections we had, and then after they realized that the tournament was a good, solid tournament, and then they would go and, and word of mouth travel quick. You know, just like when I spoke to uh, Thompson today, he was telling me that there's a team coming out of Columbus. Uh, there's there's uh, you, you have Aaron Miller that played at Thomas Moore that has always played in it. He's in Florida now, and I, I don't hold me to us, but I think he's bringing a team. So you see how it just travels all over. And I think a lot of that, though, is due to you and Brian. I know, like you said, you don't deserve all the credit, and that's probably true. But if you guys don't run a first-class event or a first-class tournament or, a for, you know, organize this event and make it first-class, teams don't come back. You may be able to survive or sustain it for maybe three years, 
there's enough basketball players in this area, but you're all able to sustain this for four decades, you said, because of the first-class event that you've run. You treat people right. You um, respect them when they come. You run a first-class event, and then in that case, they want to come back. Yes. So, you know, it's special. It really is. You know, like you, like you just said, it had it has trans, transformed over the years. I remember uh, – I can't remember exactly what it is, but I remember having games on Friday night. The only people that would be in the gym – Will be Brian, Brian, and my wife. Brian's wife and my wife, and girlfriends or wives of the players and the referees. That will be it. And then the next thing you know, you're looking. I'm looking across the gym. There's close to 200 people on a Friday night, and I'm going to go back to 2019. I remember you coming in and waving at me. You know, you was there on a Friday night, and those Friday night games got so important just like the, the Saturday games. So it's, it's, it's been great. It's been great. And what's really neat is that, you know, you know more about this because you've been able to watch it grow from 2007 till 2019. So in your mind, you can sit back and think, I remember that Friday when a few parents, maybe a few girlfriends, few wives, you know, our wives for support. And now you watch it and you're like, Oh my, there are 250 people here on a Friday night. You know, this is the first game of the tournament. Yeah, it has a little bit impact on your, you know, your tournament game on Sunday. But if you blow this first game, you still got a couple more to pick it up. So the first game ain't really important. But on that first game on Friday, you're looking at 250 people in the stands. That's when you can look at it and say, you know what? We've done it. Yeah. We've you done know, this. And I tell you, just like you said, uh, it changed over the years. So each year – Brian and I would sit down at the end and try to figure out what needs to be done to improve it. And I tell you, one of the things that helped make it competitive was we put in a point system. Okay. That was just to help the advancement of teams to, to Sunday, which is a single elimination tournament. But with the point system, which I gave out all the information, I well, I gave out all the information like two days before and explain to them the point system. So now you you want to beat that team by 15 or more points so you can get the max points. You don't want anything to affect you. You know, right. it's just like a lot of people saying, well, the basketball tournament has the interim ending. That's great. But with the point system, everybody has that chance. So you have to beat that team to get that the max points. And then you don't have anything to worry about. So would you all use the point system for like tiebreakers or do the point systems like say one team went four and oh, one team went three and one, but maybe the team that went three and one may have earned more points. Is that possible? It is possible. But with, uh, with the way that uh, the pool play set up, I take the top two teams out of each pool to make up for my single elimination tournament on Sunday. Gotcha. But there's, there's been times that these two teams in the pool wouldn't meet each other, but they beat you know they beat each other. Then that's when the I'm, I said it wrong. They wouldn't meet, but they beat the other two teams. Right. But then that's when the points kick in, and then that's that saved us time that we don't have to run that that game because we had the points. So and that you know yeah, like you said, and that's kind of before it's time. You know, the point system is a good way. You know, all the teams know up front. They know what they have to do. And I will bet you that that also increases the level of competition. 
Yes, it does. No, you get down to three minutes to go in the fourth. You're up 11 or 12 points. You're on one end. You're one thinking, well, I want to cut this deficit down. And that other team's thinking, well, I better pick it up. I got to win by 15 or more because I need those points because that may come into play. So, you know, that's – you know, I didn't know that about – you said something I've learned tonight. I I wasn't aware of that, but that's a great way to do it. And, you know, I see – you know, you you hear people talking about the Elam ending, and I see some positives with it. I do. I like it. But, you know – Everybody's got a chance from day one with the point system. From the yes. you know, you know, going in game one. No, I didn't know like, that. Yes, and it's just like like I said, they posted the schedule today, and I do know from talking to uh, John and Jason, everybody has those rules, and they use it. They're still using the rules I use. So you know, right now, just like we're talking here, they know they got they got a maximum of nine points they need to win to get. So there was no there's no gray area, none at all. All right, you've mentioned um, Jason Thompson and John Rice a couple of times. So for those people listening, just to let you know that Lamont and Brian, you know, stopped in 2019 co-directing event. They've been very helpful and supportive and passing the torch to uh, Jason Thompson and John Rice, two guys that are very familiar with the uh, Maysville area, Maysville basketball, very familiar with the uh, Maysville Classic. I know Jason's played in it. You know, I know he's been a participant, and he's a coach, so he's passionate about basketball. But um, is there anything they've changed? Are they changing anything from 19 till now that may be a little different? I don't think they have changed anything from what from where I have spoken with them. I think they're keeping everything, but I can say this. I do know they got a lot of different plans for the future to keep it going because, as, as both of us know, the game of basketball changed every – every year uh again just like i don't know if a lot of people know this only reason i know it because i talked to uh, james stoke i mean mike stokes and james pouncey they're going to change the rule in the nba where the shooter can't do all that leaning into the defender anymore that's going to be an offensive foul so i don't know if they're going to add that in that would be something to add in you know just like I, i i can remember changing of how I many line up on a free throw line? You know, that changed a couple of years ago. So we changed with that. The reason why is we get a lot of college players that come and play. You know, you don't, like you said before, you want to run a good, credible tournament and you want to put things in that these guys are used to doing. You know, you don't want to send them down here and to a little small, you know, they're probably thinking a little small country town and feel, make them feel like, you know, it's going to be the same team win every year. You know, I recall one year, uh, Rob Snap coaches. He coaches at Newport. He came down here and won it. You know, I was there. I remember that. You talking about a a fundamentally sound, tough, hard nosed basketball team? They were, and and Coach Snap, at you know his age, was out there beating and banging with the <laughs> young ones. So I mean, I yes. I remember watching him play, and I remember thinking. And this old guy still got it. You know, it was kind of impressive. But, you know, like you said, the rules continue to change. In order for the events to continue to grow, I think you have to adapt with the change. You can't sit back and let the game pass you by. So, if they got new ideas for the future, I think that's great. I think that's how you continue to let it grow. Um, But Lamont and John will do a great job, and I'm sure they appreciate you and Brian because I know anytime you do something new, if you don't have the support of the person before you, it makes things tough. And I know Lamont and John well enough to know they're not trying to come in and change something to make it their own. They're probably just trying to take this and continue having it so our area continue to benefit from all the good basketball. 
Yeah, you know, like us, like I when uh when I when we had our meeting early, I'm gonna say early May, when we had to sit down and talk. You know, only thing I asked them was to keep the champ championship trophy name after Pat, and keep the MVP trophy after Ron Bailey. You know, I'm I'm a big person on giving respect to that person so they could see it. That's why a couple of years ago I wanted to name that trophy after Ron Bailey. Because again, as I said earlier, Ron was my connection to the past. Um, you know, he he sat in the gym with me. You know, uh, he called he called the different mayors. He called the city commissioners. You know, explaining, hey, this is what this is what these two guys have done. It's uh, it has came a really a family and event. So, and you know. you know what? And I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm sitting here. I got cold chills. You know, hearing you talk about naming that trophy after Pat and giving or, you know, the MVP or whatever after Ron, because, you know, those two guys are important to the area. And, you know, I wasn't as familiar with Pat because I was a lot younger then. But what Ron Bailey has done, you know, just as a local historian, he's one of my favorite followers on Twitter because of the things he puts out. Um, people yeah. need to become familiar with Ron Bailey and appreciate what he does. So kudos to you for doing that because that's special. I'm sure Ron appreciates that. And I know for a fact when I come there this weekend, I'm going to see Ron Bailey in the stands because he's a big supporter of it too. So that gave me cold chills hearing that. So I appreciate you guys doing that as a local basketball fan, as I'm sure Ron and Pat would as well. Um, tell me about um, some of the players you know, when we say we run a first-class event or you guys say you first-class event, a lot of it is because the athletes that you're all able to bring in. And when you started listing off some of these athletes, I still have the list here, and it's kind of, you know, I'm going to let you talk about them because you know them, but I see people who were high school all-stars in our area. I see people who were college all-stars. I see All-Americans. I see a NCAA champion. I see NBA players. I see guys who are from local schools like Georgetown that you mentioned who have a chance to play in the league today. Um, it's amazing to see the amount of talent we get at the Maysville Classic. So talk about those guys and maybe how you were able to snag them up. You know, again, uh, most of most of the players that on that list that we that we named earlier, uh, it, it was all friendship. Me knowing someone. Uh, I really got to have social media really helped us because on social media, I would tag somebody. They would see it, you know, like there's a team coming from Barstown team uptown. You know, I've de developed a relationship with their head guy, their, their team representative, you know, me and him go back and forth. Like just today I put up uh, the team schedule and he put on our championship trophies. And, you know, I was like, no, nah, you ain't going to get no trophy unless you bring me some food from your uh, your <laughs> uncle's restaurant. You know, just little things like that. But I, I'm gonna tell you, he's coming all the way from Barstown. They're not gonna be. Uh, how can I put? They're not gonna be a light team to play. Trust me. Well, no, they're not gonna be an easy out if you're traveling. Like you know, that's what I thought about earlier. You know, you talked about coming from Barstown, coming from West Virginia, um, coming from Florida. You know, the guy from Thomas More you mentioned, Aaron Miller. Yeah. You know, if you're bringing teams that far, you're coming to compete, you're coming to play, and you're coming to win a trophy. Yeah. You're not coming to goof around. Yeah. It's just like uh, the, the teams that we were bringing out of West Virginia. It was my friend Anthony Stevens. 
the way I met Anthony Stevens was through Alvin Sims. So, like I said, I developed a relationship with Anthony, but I, you know, Alvin's always here. Uh, our daughters run track together. So I see him all the time, but I developed a relationship with him. And I'll never forget, it maybe been two years, I'm going to say 2018. Anthony gave me a call. It was a Saturday morning. So he called and I was like, oh man, you done backed out. You done got scared. He was like, no, I just need to know where my buddy can park his car. And I was like, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's all kinds of parking downtown or whatever. He was like, Lamont, I don't think you understand who I'm bringing. He's like, he's behind me right now. It's like, who are you bringing? He said, Chris Duhon. He drove his Lamborghini down here. And I was like, dude, what? And I was like, Anthony, you know, man, you're joking with me. So he's like, I'll call you when I get close. So they got close. He pulls it in the alley and it was, it was Chris Duhon. You know, I remember like, and it's, you know, and that's not just, you know, yes, Chris Duhon, that's Duke. Yes. You know, that's Duke. Um, that's an NBA player. That's like, you know, around here, I think we take for granted sometimes Chris and Darius because we've grown up with them. We've watched them play. But those guys are high major. Darius Miller has won a national championship. He's yes. won professional <laughs> championships. You know, I think, you know, when we see Darius, I don't think we, we get as excited as we should because I saw him play high school. I saw him play in the state tournament as an eighth grader. We've grown up with him. But then you mentioned, like, Shelvin Mack, Chris Duhon. You know, I started getting, started getting a little antsy, you know, started getting excited because, you know, those guys, you're NBA players. Yeah. You got to think about this, too. Like I mentioned earlier, Sean. Sean Merrick connect me with a lot of UC players. We had Donald Little play down here one year. Uh, we, we got uh, Eric Hicks, which me and him talk on a regular now, due to Sean. But now Eric has – he has – a lot of people don't know this. He was – he's UC's all-time leading rebounder. But he comes to Maisel just to relax and go fishing. He has a passion for fishing. So, you know, I know in the past during his game breaks, he would go over – over the flood wall and go fishing so you know it's just like like that he goes back to wherever he lives in north carolina he travels different places but he tells these guys about man this tournament in maysville it's where it's at and it's just it's just unbelievable and that goes back to how you've mentioned several times about how these connections lead the connections you've made through whether it be through Sean, whether it be through T, whether it be through Chris, whether it be through Darius, these connections you've made help continue to let this tournament grow because these guys are telling other people, you yeah. know, you want to play in the best summer basketball tournament in Kentucky. You got to go to the Maysville classic. And I remember seeing Kenneth Fareed. I remember seeing Eric Daniels. I remember seeing Perry Stevenson. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a couple guys that I think I enjoyed watching the most may have been Elijah Pittman and Ricardo Johnson from Holmes. They're state yes. champions. Yes. And I, mean, and I think Ricardo is coaching at Dayton. Is it Dayton somewhere he's coaching now? So, so, you know, even though these coaches are coming down here to play, that may be a ticket for someone to catch a scholarship or an opportunity to walk on. You know, you don't you, – you just don't know. No, and you never know who's watching or when they're watching. So, you know, and I, you mentioned something that got me thinking 
when we talked on the phone a week or so ago. You know, we talked about Coach Adam Reed and how he was a participant. And now with his sons coming through, are probably going to be participants at some point in time. So just that history and that connection, you know, this is – it's interesting to me to see, you know, to go back and watch and think, well, I watched his dad play in the Maysville Classic, or I watched his brother. So it's, it's neat. It really is. And, um, it gets me excited. It really does. You know, it's just like uh, – when I when it when the word got out that Brian and I was done, or as I, I've been using the word retard, uh, <laughs> I had I had a I had a guy come up to me and was like, "I can't believe you're stopping something you started." And I, I'll say I say the gentleman probably was in his early twenties, mid twenties, somewhere in there, and I was like, "No, nah, man, this is way before me." But he didn't even he didn't even understand that. This was something before me, you know, he, he, he didn't understand the three on three at Jack's, which is no longer the, the courts no longer there. He didn't understand the impact that Pat had on any of us. He, he didn't have, he didn't understand none of that. So I broke it down and explained to him. He was like, I, I just thought it was something you started. No, the foundation was built with the three on three. Pat built the building. The, the 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 ground floor, the top floor. All I did was just came in and kept the maintenance to the building. That's all right. I done. And that's a great analogy to put it in, you know. Um, and that was the whole reason why I was thinking about doing this. I was sitting here one day and I'm sitting there thinking the dirt bowl's coming up. I know it's the first of August. I saw all those posts on Facebook about the Germantown Fairs. So I knew the Germantown Fair is also the Maysville Classic. And I know which one that I'm partial to going to. So I started thinking and I'm like, I don't really know the whole history of something that I fully support have not only been a participant in, but also go and watch as a spectator now. So I, I wanted to learn more about it. And, you know, I reached out to Danny Weddle on Twitter because I didn't know how much Danny was involved. I know he knows a lot of stuff about Maysville because I read his sports blog and, you know, he pointed me in your direction and gave me your number. So um, I'm hoping that when people listen to this, they sit there and think, okay, you know, Lamont and Brian, they're the only ones I know that's ever done it, but it goes much farther back than that. And that's yes. why you incorporated the Maysville Classic to tie together the past, the present, and even the future. Yes. That's what and I want all, people to learn. You know, just like we talked about, and I, I've, I've talked with Julius about this, is, you know, we are, we are afraid that the tradition of Maysville, and I'm not talking about the city, I'm not talking about if you went to the town. I'm talking about the school system. That's that's what we're, that's what I'm worried about. You know, uh, there's a lot of people that don't understand some of the great players that came through Maysville. You know, you take Jim Smith. You take uh, uh, oh God, I can't Jones. I mean, there was there's tons of players before. You, you know, you got your you got Mike Case. You got Chris Comer or Chris Wilburn. You have uh, uh, Jeff Chambers, Steve Chambers. There's so many other ones. Paul King, uh, Tony Humphreys. There's so much bulldog that I'm afraid in 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 a couple of years it's going to be gone if something isn't done for that for that that tradition of Maysville Bulldogs. Right, and I know how important you know that Maysville 
bulldog tradition is to Maysville people. And, you know, even a local guy like myself, you know, we never want to see that go away. You want to see that tradition continue. And I remember, you know, this isn't dirt bowl related here, but I think one of the first regional tournaments I went to was when Maysville, I remember seeing Maysville in there and I think they played against, um, they had that the Harrison County had that real good guard. Oh, Patrick, you, you're bringing up, you're bringing up bad memories for me. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> the guard was uh, Jerry Fogel. Jerry Fogel, that's exactly right. And I remember my dad taking him in. And Lamont, this is no joke. Um, that's my first memory of the 10th region tournament. And what was that? 80? No, that was uh, 92, that was, maybe? That was 91. 91. That was, that was the last year of Maisel High School. Okay. Well, that was when I was just now getting ready to start high school. And my dad, you know, keeping my interest in basketball because I loved it. We had to park up on 68 by Hardy's. Yes. And you know, and we had to sit uh, on the we had to sit on the end where they pulled the stage out, and we got there early you know, and still couldn't find a seat. I don't think none of the kids now that play understand how packed or how many people came to the field house. I don't think they understand that. You know, you can we can go back. I remember seeing uh, pictures of there's a picture of Darren Fieldhouse. And Chris Wilburn going for a rebound, and it's packed. Uh, I remember witnessing uh, Darius Miller and uh, Preston Knowles battling. I can remember seeing Sean Mark and Billy Ray Fon battling. You know, so there, there's so again, the field house has so much history. The Mesa Camp, the Maysville Gymnasium, which is home of the Lady Royals, has so much history. Like you said before, our little area is full of so much history. Well, I appreciate your time, man. I, I really do. And I want to thank you for uh, calling me and saying, hey, I want to do this history of it. Uh, because like I said, Friday night starts a new era for the Maysville Classic. Uh, like I said, I support both of those guys, Jason and John. Uh, it's, it's been a learning experience for me uh, and i'm not going to sit here and say it's been all it's been a beautiful ride it hasn't it, you know it has its ups and downs but you know if brian was here with me i think he will he will he would do the same as i'm about to do i have to thank my wife amber johnson for uh letting her husband go for a whole weekend uh it, it cost me in the end but you know but let me do what i need to do and being by my side, you know, Nicole was there with Brian, Amber was there with me. So, you know, lots of times our wives are forgotten and allow us to do things, but they, they was there for us the whole time. So and people don't realize, happened. people don't realize too, how important that support is not yeah. only, you know, physically of her being at the gym supporting you, but also mentally, yeah. emotionally being there to support you when, you know, the, through those ups and downs and people don't realize how important those people are in our lives. So I, I know you appreciate her as Brian appreciated his wife's support. So um, that's good stuff, man. I, and I think, I hope people realize that anytime you take on a load or an event like this, there's more than two people that put this on. Yeah. It's a village, you know, yeah. and you mentioned all those guys and, you know, and that tells, that tells me, how much impact they've had on you that you still remember every one of those. 
And not only remember every one of those, but you remember how each one of those helped you and how each one of those impacted you and helped making the Maisel Classic the success it is today. So I appreciate that. Yeah. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be fair of me to uh, not mention them. It would be very ungrateful for me to try to sit here or tell someone in the interview, it was just me and Brian. It, it wasn't. It, this is a community event. It took different people in the community to do what we need to do. I appreciate it so much, Lamont. I'm, you know, you gave me about an hour of your time and I appreciate that because this event's important to me. I know it's important to the Maysville area. I know it's important to a lot of people. So, you know, appreciate all you did to help this event grow and let's continue to support Jason and John and let's see this event for another 20 years. Oh yeah. That would be wonderful. You know, I would like to see, uh, some of my, my, uh, my nephews, my grandson, maybe even my daughter's granddaughters play in it, but you know, it, it's still a great thing, man. And I, and I appreciate you giving uh, me a call, wanting to sit down and talk to me, pick my brain. You know, like I said, it, it just, everything was off the top of the head and I hope I didn't make anyone mad or left anybody out, but it's, it's, it's been a blessing. If anybody takes the time to listen to this, they're going to hear the passion in your voice. They're going to hear the uh, gratefulness that you exhibit, you know, thanking all these people for all the help. So I don't feel like you've done anything that or left anybody out. I feel like you've touched the base and, you know, you've done a remarkable job and it's much appreciated. Thank you. And like I said, the only reason I'm stepping away is just what you said at the very beginning, the passion, uh, the far, was was dying out and again i have seen uh people around me that that have run businesses have been over organizations you know not getting out in time and their flame or passion has dropped off and it has caused problems and like i said uh you know COVID was a 20 2020 was a bad year for everyone uh but to me it helped me realize that it's time. It gave me, you know, a year or so to really sit down and be like, okay, Lamont, it's time to do something else. You did great. You know, let's, 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 let's pass it on and let some younger, younger guys keep it going. After listening to Lamont, one thing's very clear. Lamont's passionate about Maysville. He's passionate about the entire Maysville community. And he's very passionate about the Maysville Classic. Lamont, thank you for joining the Stay Hot podcast. I really appreciate your time. Also want to wish Jason Thompson and John Rice the best of luck as the new era of the Maysville Classic begins Friday, August 6th at the Maysville Downtown Gymnasium. And oh yeah, stay hot!